0: Life now is so complicated, it's impossible for anyone to be good enough for the good place. Coming up on Philosophy Talk... It's good to help others, but how much do we need to do? Do we have a moral obligation to do the most good we can?
1: You get up on that movie screen pretending to be a hero,
2: but you're not! The real heroes are out there, curing heart disease and wiping out world hunger! But Millhouse, they haven't cured anything! Heart disease and world hunger are still rampant. Those do-gooders are all a bunch of pitiful losers.
1: I spent $10 on avocado toast. Should I have spent it on famine relief instead?
0: If your $10 could help two people, why would you spend it on just one? How selfless should we be? Our guest is Theron Pummer, author of The Rules of Rescue, Cost, Distance, and Effective Altruism. I talk the
3: talk, and I walk the walk, baby.
0: (laughs)
1: Effective Altruism.
0: Coming up on Philosophy Talk.
1: This holiday season, give the gift of thought. Support the thinker in your life with a gift subscription to our library of more than 500 episodes. More information at our website, philosophytalk.org purchase.
0: How much should we give to other
1: people? Should we care more about faraway strangers than those in our own community? Is there such a thing as being too giving? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm Josh Landy. And I'm Ray Briggs. We're coming to you via the studios of KALW San Francisco Bay Area.
0: Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus, where Ray teaches philosophy and I direct the Philosophy and Literature Initiative. Today, we're thinking about effective altruism. Effective altruism. So that's uh, Peter Singer's idea, right? You should do the most good you can and you should figure out what that is by doing your homework and, and choosing the best way to give. Right. The idea is that
1: you shouldn't just go and give some random person 10 bucks. You should go online and figure out how many
0: people you can help with that money. And then you should give it to the ones you can help most. Right. And not and not just that. You should probably give more than 10 bucks, right? More like 10% of your entire annual income. I mean, if you're a good utilitarian, you think everyone counts the same. That includes you. So there's no real reason you should be out there drinking $5 lattes when someone else is dying of thirst. Singer's slogan is, give till it hurts.
1: Well, I really like this idea that people should be giving more. But, you know, there's something kind of weird about having to do that much homework first. If I see a homeless person on the street who needs help,
0: why shouldn't I just give them a bit of money? Because you can use that same money to help 10 times as many people in the developing world. If you could improve 10 lives instead of just one... Why wouldn't you do that? Well, don't you think there's something inhuman about
1: it? We're not robots. When I see a person in need, I, I feel compassion for them. I don't go and get out my calculator. Don't you want people to feel compassion for those around them?
0: Well, it's the around them thing that's the problem, right? I mean, it's a little parochial, isn't it, to care more about someone because they happen to be near us? Why should we think that some person in Mozambique is less deserving of help than someone in Mountain View.
1: (laughs) All right, smart guy. So imagine this. There's two houses on fire on your block, and one of them is the neighbor's house, which has two strangers in it, and one of them is your house, and it has your family member in it. Are you really telling me you're going to go save the neighbors because there's two of them? I mean, your view seems to say that saving two people is always better than saving
0: one. Uh, okay, you got me, Ray. I, I, I'm going to save my family member, I admit it, but, but uh, maybe I'm wrong to do that. Maybe I'm just being selfish.
1: No, I think it's really right to do that. I mean, community ties are important. What if we were all effective altruists? Sure, we'd feed starving peoples in countries that are far away, but we'd never get around to feeding our own starving people. It just wouldn't be cost effective enough.
0: I think it would, ultimately. But, but even if it wasn't, the reasonable thing to do right, is to prioritize the people who need it the most. Oh, the reasonable thing to do. Ugh,
1: you can't just go around making ethical decisions based on cold calculations like that. You have to feel something for your fellow human beings. If you're just willing to walk past a starving person in your own neighborhood, How are you ever going to be motivated to help people who are further away?
0: Well, I mean, I totally agree that you need compassion to get you going. I I think that's probably what makes effective altruists give 10 percent of their income to the needy in the first place. But but once that motivation's there, you've got to set your emotion aside and figure out the best way to help the most people.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing. How, How do you even know what's the best way to help the most people?
0: Well, the effective altruists have some ideas. Like, look, instead of going into nursing, how about you get a job on Wall Street, earn zillions of dollars, give it all away. Boom. Hunger solved. Oh my God, that's
1: terrible advice. Josh, getting a job on Wall Street is a way of extracting wealth from ordinary people. You'd be just like Robin Hood, except instead you'd be stealing money from the poor to give it back to the poor. Sounds pretty effective, huh?
0: I think you got me again, Ray. Luckily for me, though, we have a guest today who's a big fan of effective altruism. Maybe he can answer your question. Yeah,
1: it's Theron Pummer, author of The Rules of Rescue, Cost, Distance, and Effective Altruism.
0: But first, we wanted to find out what happens when people practice altruism in their daily lives. So we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Shireen Adel, to talk to some folks who are trying to do the most good they can. She files this report
3: gun violence is surging across the U.S. The Red Cross is declaring
0: a blood crisis. And let's talk the homeless crisis right now.
4: A lot of people want to do good, but with so much going on in the world, figuring out where to start can feel pretty overwhelming.
3: It seems almost every day that we're seeing new attacks directed at women and their ability to control their own healthcare choices.
4: Nearly half the population of Ethiopia's Tigray region is going hungry. One way to go about it is to ask, How much of a difference can I make using my particular skills or resources? If you have a high income, you might donate money to a good cause. Or if you have extra time on your hands, you might volunteer with an organization you believe in. Or you might give a very specific resource if you have enough to spare.
3: Every eight to ten weeks I'm donating blood and I recently passed the 100 donation bar.
4: That's Greg Watkins, a lecturer at Stanford University. Greg's blood type is O negative.
3: That's considered the universal donor. So anybody can use my blood.
4: Greg's been donating blood for over 20 years. And every time, he gives about a pint.
3: Once you're in the blood donor system, you know they let you know when there's a need. And it's pretty amazing that the need always seems to be at the critical level.
4: Millions of people in the US need transfusions every year. According to the American Red Cross, each transfusion takes, on average, around three pints.
3: Knowing that somebody really needs this, and it's not that hard for me to go and do it, makes it easy.
4: If you do the math, Greg could be helping one person every third time he donates. But remember, he's donated blood at least 100 times. Altogether, that's around 13 gallons. It's possible that Greg has helped as many as two dozen people in a critical time of need.
3: The ratio of ease for me to pay off for other people is just a really good one, it seems.
4: But for some people, making a meaningful difference doesn't mean helping as many people as possible. It can mean helping in a way that has a long-term impact in just one person's life.
2: A court-appointed special advocate's job is to have a one-on-one relationship with a foster youth to advocate for
4: their needs. Teresa Bruce is a paralegal. Outside of her day job, she volunteers her time as a court-appointed special advocate, or CASA for short. And it's that dedicated time with just one young person that makes being a CASA so special to her.
2: Because their attorney has a huge caseload, their social workers have huge caseloads, and often their voice gets muted in the process.
4: Teresa's work can be slow, two steps forward, one step back. But, she says...
2: I know that I'm making a difference in a young person's life to get them off of the street, to prevent them from being exploited.
4: Her official role is to represent her foster youth's needs at school. She's the one who signs all the forms. But to be an effective representative, they actually needed to get to know each other.
2: Which is hard to do when your first meeting is a room full of 12 other adults and we're talking about boring things to her.
4: Over the course of three years, Teresa and her foster youth spent two to three hours a week together. And it was in their one-on-one time that they were able to build trust.
2: It's those moments, those tiny moments of just being there, listening, and seeing what their world is like, where they can hear themselves talk and figure out their values and beliefs. A
4: lot of doing good is about your values and beliefs and having role models. Remember Greg Watkins? Well, he had a student in his class at Stanford who donated a kidney.
3: In some weird psychological way that upped the stakes to have your one of your own students take that step.
4: So after years of regular blood donation, Greg went through the rigorous process of trying to donate his kidney. Ultimately, he learned he couldn't and it can be hard to find out the limits of what you can give.
3: There was a possibility of having a really big impact, and so that just kind of felt almost sickening to feel so close to that.
4: Doing the most good can be tricky, whether it's donating 100 pints of blood or providing support for a young person that could last their whole life. When you dedicate resources to doing good, it's about asking the question, is this the best I can do? For Philosophy Talk, I'm Shireen Ad.
0: Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.